you need to like market yourself if like you've got like experience under your belt you should market it yourself as a luxurious provider even like when we send out the e-guide we've changed the term pricing to investment and we've kind of tried to like rework the copy so that people don't think like oh what an expense it's no look at this investment that's going to help you and your brand What's up, guys? Howdy, brothers. Welcome back to a little bit of a belated episode of Whiskey and Water. Belated? Is, I don't know if that's used. Is, <laughs> de- delayed, belated, whatever. Guys, we're showing up. It was a hard couple weeks, but whatever. We're back in person, which is so fun. Yes. See, the wait was worth it because we were like, you know what? Let's just wait until we can record in person. So that's why that's that's the delay. But you guys, we're here with an amazing episode with an amazing guest. You have to check out her podcast. Her name is Danielle. We did a pod swap, which we love. That's always a really fun time. She is the founder and lead designer for Danielle Labonte Designs Studio. And it's such a slay. I didn't even know like that you could make a studio like that's we have such a good conversation we cover everything about her journey how she started she is a very very talented graphic designer she makes websites like there's so much that she does she does packaging and this was a fun conversation for us because i don't think we've ever had like a dedicated branding graphic designer you know studio owner on so it was it was just nice to switch up the conversation and get her perspective on things. And she's such a true creative and she scaled her business. So that was also really interesting to hear about as well. Yeah. Not to mention, she's also had her podcast for three years. So it's so fun talking to a fellow podcast vet and just someone who gets it, you know, the girls who get it, get it. And this episode was so fun. But before we get into all that, you know, we got to do a little squirt, squirt, little ketchup. So as you guys know, we are in person, which is so fun. We love recording in person. It's just so much better than doing it online. Um, But we are currently at Miss T Creative's loft, (laughs) Tamir's loft. We actually have a live audience here today, which is really fun for us. Um, We'll turn around our computer so you guys can see them if you're on YouTube. Um, But if not, just know that Tamir is here and my friend Shayla is here. (laughs) We're, We're being performative right now. Tamir, exactly. They're a paid audience. Um, Tay's gonna come on our podcast soon. If you guys follow us, I'm sure you've seen her name, and we're super excited. Looking forward to that. Before we get into our episode, let's do a little bit of catch up. I mean, it's been a, it's been a few weeks. It's been like three weeks, three weeks, four weeks since we last recorded. So lots to catch up on, you guys. Where do we even start? I think we should start with today. We had our last team meeting ever for mood like official team meeting because we do meetings on mondays and thursdays and because you know last week or not last week but the last time we touched base with you guys we told you that we are kind of changing how things work at mood and kind of just changing things to honor ourselves best and you know what we feel like is best for the business and so we have eradicated team meetings and it was an emotional one i cried for a minute um but it just feels good it feels like the best thing that we could do for our mental bandwidth, our mental health right now. And um, things already just feel like lighter. And so we're really happy about this decision. Yes, it honestly just feels really right for us. I mean, we kind of mentioned in the last episode, but we're just scaling back our services. We're only providing content creation. With that being said, you know, we don't need as big of a team. Um, And yeah, it's just a lot less bandwidth. I mean, because what we do is like what we do, but then managing a team you know what I mean like yeah (laughs) you know what that was profound (laughs) guys it's late in the day this is our second podcast episode we've had six calls today and we cleaned out a storage unit so if if we're lagging just give us some (laughs) bear with us but you know my point is that managing a team is a lot and it's a really big responsibility and we talk a lot about scaling in the past three years we've talked a lot about scaling businesses and i think it's really important to shed light on like scaling businesses back and knowing when it's time to do that bars (laughs) (laughs) bars but yeah so it's been it's felt really really great for us to do that 
I mean, I know we both just feel like a complete weight off of our shoulders and it feels good. And I think it's just a testament to like making decisions that feel aligned with our instincts um, and just like, you know, doing gut checks with each other. Like, hey, how are, how are we feeling about this? You know, um, and of course, we're like so thankful that we have each other to do those gut checks for because I can only imagine how how much scarier scarier it is to try to do it alone when you don't have someone to be like, yeah, I feel that too. Or yeah, that's a good idea. So that's been great. But yeah, last team meeting and serendipitously, we also cleaned out our storage unit for mood today, which is during the team meeting. Like we took the call from the storage unit and that was also bittersweet because, you know, it's like it's just like the next chapter, the next season of our lives. And in a way, it's like the end of an not the end of an era, but a pivot of an era because it's like it was a lot of props. It was a lot of leftover products from seasonal giftings boxes yeah like our first you know seasonal gifting boxes and it yeah it was just it was bittersweet for sure to go through everything but also like felt really good and felt really right yeah it was definitely emotional and I don't know it's just it's crazy and I think that you know it, it is it's just a pivot it's not like the end of anything but like even like during our team call we were like it's not a goodbye it's a see you later even though we literally are going to talk to everyone tomorrow <laughs> i was still crying um so yeah everything is just so serendipitous and you know even with like conversations that we've been having about soam lately and we have this like retreat coming up and we're going to be working on the new courses and actually i don't know if we've told you guys that we're working on new yeah. courses okay good um so yeah everything is just very serendipitous aligning really well for us so we're super happy with everything yeah and we even like we offboarded our social media management clients and it was really aligned for them as well and it was just validation for us to like listen to our guts and our intuitions that we were making the right decision because they were like oh that's so crazy because we were going to have a conversation with you that like you know (laughs) yeah you're fired Uh, we actually hate you know that they're like having budget cuts or they're realigning on things and we're like wow that's perfect because they would have been dropping us and we got to drop them for no I'm kidding (laughs) I'm like we got to break up first no you guys know what I mean but it was just like another token of like okay this is you know we're we're aligned we're guided and we just need to keep trusting that in other news I went to the Morgan Wallen concert and it was the best night of my life (laughs) and yeah um in other like non-businessy news had so much fun flew to DC with one of my best friends Brooke literally flew in Friday did the concert on Saturday flew out Sunday and it was such a sleigh like I kind of enjoy these like little two-day trippers like I felt like I saw the White House like I got a lot done in DC for 48 hours yeah so it was so so fun at the best time ever and I'm just so glad we it was like a kind of a spontaneous like fuck it let's just go like when else are we gonna like live life let just live life just YOLO (laughs) profound You're really hitting the nail on the head today, bestie. Um, I actually went to a concert as well. I went to the Arctic Monkeys with my little sister in Atlanta. We drove from Gainesville to Atlanta for a night and saw them and honestly just shroomed with my face off. And it was the best. It was the best time ever. Um, we had we had the best time. And then for legal reasons, for legal reasons, that's a joke. And then the next morning, Bella had gotten my little sister had gotten a fucking flat. So I changed her freaking tire to the spare tire at 5.30 in the morning the next day, next morning after the concert. I don't, one, I don't know how I was alive. Two, I can change a spare? Like, she's... Who is she? She's uh, Livas who taught me that, and that's going to remain undisclosed. It's a, mi- a mixture of someone and YouTube. So that was really fun. And then... So yeah, then I drove from Gainesville, from Atlanta back to Gainesville on the flat and then flew from Gainesville to Fort Lauderdale which is where I'm here now and then we fly it has dude the flight was horrible but let's let's not even let's not even go down that route and then we fly to New York in a week so not even in a week oh my god that's in like a couple days what's today's Thursday oh no oh no by the time you guys hear this, we will be New York bound for a socially ambitious company retreat. And that'll be really fun because we're getting together with Anna, who we made the course with, and just kind of spending some fun quality time with her. We're working on, you know, we're brewing up what's next. No pun intended with our podcast guest today. <laughs> brewing up creativity. Okay, I need to go. We're going to wrap this up because my brain is slowly dying, a slow death. Um, But... <laughs> Thank you guys for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. We love you guys so much. And also, this is your like 
yearly reminder to slide into our dm say hi let us know you're listening there's so many of you there's so and you're y'all are ghosts to us we don't know who you are we don't know what you look like we don't know what you do so we don't buy say hi we love when the brothers say hi to us and we can tell us your favorite part about this episode yeah tell us your favorite us color your favorite animal just just toot our horn how pretty we are <laughs> okay we're gonna get into our episode you guys are gonna love it and yeah see you on the other side all right, guys, we are here at the virtual whiskey and water table with our girl, Danielle, who is the owner and lead designer of Danielle Labonte Designs. And we were actually just on her podcast. We're doing a little back to back. So we're going to get right into it. So for our audience who isn't already acquainted with you, knows who you are, tell them a little bit about yourself and what you do. Yes. Hello, everybody. I am so happy to be here. Um, as you briefly heard, I am the founder and lead designer of my graphic design studio based in Toronto, Danielle Labonte Designs. Uh, we offer a boutique approach, so we're a little bit smaller, but that's because we offer very personalized and custom work. We offer services that range from branding to web to packaging to editorial design, which is like a book and magazine style. Uh, we kind of cover it all, but that's because I don't know how to pick one thing and just <laughs> nail it out. We do it all. Um, and my goal as the founder and when I work with my clients is to help businesses of all uh, levels just ultimately scale and stand out and reach out to dream audiences through high-end branding and design work. Love. Such a sleigh. Um, there's so much that I, I'm curious about within design. So I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. That's something that, you know, we're... I think it's like we're okay. Yeah, it's not a strong suit. It's it's one of those things where it's like when they say delegate things that you're like not great at. Like this is one of the things where we were like, yes, let's hire someone who like this is their jam. This is their profession. They eat, sleep, breathe design. So I'm really excited for this conversation and looking forward to it. But before we get into all that, I would love to know how you started in the industry and if this is something that you went to school for. Um, It's not what I started. It's not what I started initially. So I okay. actually started out in a we field. We love that. Yeah, I, I took a, a bit of a curve. I mean, some people think that it led me to graphic design, and I still think it did, but I started off in art history. So I went and got a degree in that. Um, and near the end of my four years, I went to finish my thesis in Florence, Italy, because I was specializing in Italian architecture wow, beautiful. and Renaissance painting. So it was insane. It was so beautiful, um, but I don't recommend those to do their placement for their thesis in the summer months in Florence it was so hot (laughs) but I funny enough I'm there and people are thinking that I'm going to be loving my life studying and seeing it hands-on which I I loved seeing it in person it was totally different from what you do when you're studying but um I kind of hated my life a little bit wow and that's because I had a few instructors there that were so passionate about doing research and um, having their head in a book all the time. And when I realized that I was in this library and this was it was like a pivotal moment for myself, um, I'm writing my thesis. I am almost done. And I look out the window and I see people just loving life. And I realize like I'm not loving my life with my head in a book. Mm. Um, I feel like I haven't looked up. I haven't experienced Florence in the way that I wanted to. I haven't gone and traveled. I haven't moved around. I And is this going to be my life? Mm. Um, so I came back and I had almost like a quarter life crisis. Um, and I reconsidered everything. I realized I need to be creative. I am neglecting this part of me because ultimately I wanted to be a curator. I had been working in art galleries and wow. working my way up. And um, I realized it just wasn't for me. So I started over. I was absolutely devastated. I really, I had a a bunch of mental breakdowns because I thought like my family is going to make fun of me that I am in my mid twenties and I'm starting completely over, but I decided to go back to school and I went to school for graphic design and, um, I kind of fast tracked it, but I fell in love with it instantly. I started my business while I was in school and I got a client the first time I posted some of my portfolio work on Instagram, that was my goal first. And I thought, Oh, okay, we can do this. And, um, it kind of blew up. It went from there. And, uh, I don't know, the rest is history. I don't regret going into art history and it, it did lead me to it, but it definitely wasn't for me. Yeah, just goes. The rest is art history. <laughs> I, love that. I should use that. Yeah, you should. No, I love that story, and honestly, it. I feel like it's 
becoming more common like I feel like we often have guests on the podcast who are of similar age who are just like yeah I got to my fourth year of law school and I said fuck it I don't want to do this and we're like yeah slay like that's what that's exactly what you should do you know what I mean and I think in the moment obviously it's really hard to cut your losses and make that decision but if you know that something's not for you you just know and like to it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when sometimes and you just you cannot ignore your intuition especially when it's a career path you know that's not like oh what type of bagel should I have this morning it's like that's your life that's your everyday that will that will make your days joyful or dreadful like you have to really think critically about that that path that you choose to go down so I love that and I'm so happy you you took you know you bet on yourself in that way I think that's something a lot of people struggle with so kudos to you for doing that um and also what a validating moment it must have been for you to get a client after one post of your work like that's such a slay uh yeah and like I'm not here to like promote and say like anybody that posts something they're gonna get a client instantly I mean I my clients who just started a business asked me that like did you get a client right away like how long did it take you to go full-time you're like yeah but that's me (laughs) yeah well I'm kidding (laughs) but like (laughs) it's not it's not normal Mm -hmm. um I don't know why it worked out that way it kind of felt like a sign I think I just yeah exactly yeah. And it just kind of the rest was history from that. And uh, my services have changed over time. So that first client that I ever got was like completely illustration based. I was, okay. you know, illustrating light fixtures for a company out Ooh. in L.A. And it was so cool and such an amazing experience. Um, but I mean, like, I don't I'm not even like taking on projects like that anymore, but it was super neat for that to happen. But I just want to like disclose like to anyone that's like posting content. It's completely normal to not get a client right away. Yeah, but I think that it it also just goes to show that like when you like fortune favors the bold and like when you put yourself out there and it's really like what you're meant to be doing, like the universe will align for you and give you signs, mm-hmm. whether whether large like a client or whether just, you know, some intuition that you're on the right path. So I think yeah. that's just indicative of that. Yeah. And just following your gut. I mean, uh, I don't even know what I, where I would be and what, how my mental health would be if I was still in that field, because I just wanted to be comfortable. Uh, cause I truly became seriously so uncomfortable with the fact that I was changing my life around. And I know a lot of people have gone through it too, even through just talking on my podcast, mm-hmm. everybody has almost this pivotal moment or aha moment mm-hmm. and, um, just following your gut and listening to it is so much more crucial than listening to like outside opinions. Yeah, 100%. I can only imagine like, you know, what your worries were and your fears were from just your peers, your family, you know, that's obviously and you know, they're it's coming from a good place. They're looking out for your best interests, of course. But like, you sometimes you just can't expect them to understand. And it's kind of just like a trust me and you'll see that this is this is worth it. And I'm gonna do it regardless. So (laughs) just buckle up. Yeah, I love that. I would love to know for you if, when there was a moment from deciding, okay, I can do this to, oh, I want to be a business owner and open up a studio. And for me, the term studio is a little new and I'm like unfamiliar with what, because for us, it's like, it makes sense to be an agency, I think. Like, for, so for me, I see agency as and studio as like interchangeable, but they're probably different. So maybe you could just enlighten us on that. Let me touch on that first before yes. I go and like talk about my whole spiel yes, of how yes, I yes. kind of evolved into full time and starting a studio that what I'm going to break down. I chose the word studio personally because I define myself as an artistic person. I love art and I find it's a self-expression. So when I chose the term studio, what I I think we commonly associate with like art studio. And that's kind of why it inspired me because I dabble in so many different things that people don't realize. And it actually dives deeper than some of the services that I offer. But in deep down, it's truly just because I want to convey to people that what you get from me is an artistic experience and we're going to make your brand into art. So that's why I chose Her. studio. <laughs> that's bars right there honestly that's bars Thank you. Um, um I actually really love that no and I love I love it's a very intentional choice of words I I really like the word studio yeah it kind of like it make it makes it feel more boutique also like more intimate which I really exactly. like yeah and that's what I want to convey because if someone's working with me they're getting on calls with me I want them to get that personalized experience. So that's what I want. Even though I might have like my assistants be emailing them for different things, whether it's onboarding, offboarding, invoicing, whatever it is, um, I have that. But if they're working with me on a creative basis, like you're talking to me and I would just mm-hmm. prefer that. In terms of going full-time, it actually wasn't even my intention. Um, so I was part-time for the longest time. 
um, obviously, because I was doing it during school and a lot of people didn't know I was a student when I first started it. And then I went and worked for other companies, but I was like, I was doing graphic design for a yoga company. I was doing it for a stationery and she was like an artist and she created like custom cards. So I was doing it for her for a while. Um, and I was still part-time. And so I wasn't able just to go full-time like this, like it cre it, it required a lot of hard work. And once I realized I could, that's when I left the jobs and I went on my own and it took a lot. Um, I had to hire to obviously expand and grow because your brand, at least for myself, it's not going to grow just with me. I don't enjoy admin. I don't enjoy a lot of tasks that come with being a business owner. Um, I just know that I'm a creative at heart and I want to offer the best services possible. And I'm not going to, if I don't have help, trust me, I tried to do it on my own because when you first start your business, you don't have the funds um, in the very, very beginning to just start expanding right away, but you go through the burnout and then you realize what you need to do in order to grow. And for me, it was taking the hassle away from tasks such as like revisions, um, as if there's any branding designers or any form of designers out there, like, you know, you get revisions. And sometimes I just would love somebody else to do it. And I have the creative direction eye of it. Uh, so like mm -hmm. I hired somebody for that. I hired somebody for my own podcast uh, to handle all of that. And then I hired my own assistants, like I kind of mentioned for the offboarding. Um, so they helped me run my business because it's just not the task that I think I would be the best at doing. My best is designing. Yeah. And those are things that don't fill your cup. You know, yeah. when, when we talk about like burnout and avoiding burnout, like it's those like back burner tasks that you are like mentally avoiding and have resistance to like, that's, mm -hmm. I think what creates burnout. It, yeah. Drains you, drains your creativity, drains the energy and essentially just drains the business and, and your vision at the end of the day. So a, a true creatives, like finding delegation, is like what's going to propel your career and your business and overall your mental health. Yeah. And that's really important. Um, your mental health and business is crucial. If you are not putting yourself first or you're not doing things within your business that are going to honor your mental health, your business is going to suffice yeah. and your clients will notice it. Your client experience yeah. will go down. Everything will decrease because you're not putting yourself first and prioritizing it, sorry, and learning to delegate things that don't fill your cup exactly like you yeah. said. Yeah. Well, I'm curious to know what that process looked or that journey looked like for you rather when you kind of went from being doing everything on your own to then stepping into really what is a different role, which is a leadership role and being someone's boss, because that is like that's a whole learning curve in and of itself is just learning how to be a boss and how to be a leader and kind of like trying to figure out your leadership style and thing and your boundaries and things you're okay with and things you're not okay with and how you want to communicate things. So what did that look like for you? Was that a scary process or did it come naturally? So many things to touch on here. <laughs> I know it's a lot to unpack. But I will say that naturally, I think people probably, some people wouldn't have liked me as a child because I was so type A and I wanted to control everything. And like, as much as like, I guess I can pay omen to that and, and respect it and say like, yeah, I enjoy being a leader. Um, you also have to turn that down. Um, actually, as a leader of a company, you can't be obsessive and crazy. Mm -hmm. um, so I will say like, I, had, yeah, you can't do it um, as much as I, you know, you might want to, but you can't. Um, so the desire for it when I was younger definitely was there. Um, I would also say now, um, present presently, I, I'm not the best at like, I think I'm just better in a managerial leadership role um, versus being told what to do. Um, I think, again, that ruins the creativity, at least for me. But to get here, um, I wasn't used to it. I wasn't familiar with it, especially going from being like a one man show and working for other people to jumping and expanding and taking on a lot more clients. Um, I just had to have a, an open mind. And that was really hard for me. And just to become a little more resilient, that became my word of the year for like the longest time when I was expanding. Um, so although it required a lot of organization, which I didn't know about, like you have no idea how many back end things that you have to do um, 
in order to expand, but I know that you guys are so familiar with it, um, especially when it comes to the admin. So yes, I had done it. I was a one-man show, but I had to teach my admin a little bit more because uh, my first admin ever, God love her. I wish she was still with me, to be honest with you. But obviously, like I had to come up with like email templates and I had to show her how offboarding and onboarding works. And like I even had her working on my social media for a bit because I wanted to give her that kind of an experience. And so like you kind of take the experience that you had of a one man show and then teach the skills but you have to like organize it in a way that somebody can actually follow. So you become like a teacher, an instructor, you become everything. You wear so many hats in order to expand and grow your business. It's insane. Yeah. And, and learning so many new systems and like what's yeah. out there. And like, there's so many task management platforms, like which one is the best for you? Do you know of everything that's out there? Like there's, it's, it's, it's extremely difficult and, and it's a constant evolution. Like, we we still to this day are constantly like trying new things to automate and make our lives easier and you know fine tune these systems so it's i mean it's just entrepreneurial journey at its best yeah yeah and i, I would say that's something yeah it does it takes a while it takes patience you know i think i think for us like what burns are the most fuel for us is like figuring out those systems like seeing that something is a mess and unorganized and being like how do we get this into a pipeline system where no one has to come to us for approvals they know exactly what to do they're inputting it into some sort of task management like that burns up fuel um so that's definitely like a part of the journey that i think people don't see especially in social media they only see the beautiful especially as a graphic designer your job is to make things look beautiful and it's like they're not seeing the grit behind what it took to got to to got there to got there <laughs> what it took to get there so we definitely can validate that because that that's really um not as easy as it may seem um but I'd, I'd love to know a little bit more about how you've managed to get your clients like I know the first one was very it was easy and that was just like you know you put it up there they booked it you were ready to go you hit the ground running but since then I'm curious to know like uh, do your clients come from mostly word of mouth are you running ads like what does that side look like because I know we're familiar with like content creation clients but I'm curious to know more so like for graphic design for websites for everything that you do what's your I guess lead generation look like I love this question because I actually get this a lot in my DMs. Um, yeah. I will actually get random messages from people being like, how do I get clients? Where do I start? Um, so what I will you're say you're now, like, you're like, listen to my podcast. No, literally tune in. Um, <laughs> I will say in the beginning, it was not word of mouth. It was, I had to put myself out there and post work that I even didn't even think was perfect and not up to my par. So in the beginning, it was like that. And it, it spread through Google search engine optimization. I needed to make sure my website was up and running and it was being indexed properly for people that were trying to search for my services. And I think people forget about that and how it's a, it's a long-term goal with SEO. Um, I think people forget about it. Uh, so posting was huge for me because uh, that's what got me my first clients, which led to word of mouth. So everything that led from it was, I do have a lot of word of mouth. I will say like, I even make sure in my contact form for any graphic designers listening, you should put in your form. Um, where did you find me? Because I make that like almost a required question. Cause I want to know, did you find me on Google? Cause I know my SEO is working and you've reached me or was it word of mouth who referred you to me? Because I would love to thank them because it goes to show that I value client experience. Mm -hmm. So it's a balance right now. Primarily it is Instagram. There's top, there's three. Uh, it's Instagram, making sure that I'm posting my client launches and new portfolio work. And my work needs to show an array of different skill sets. So um, if I'm working with like a more male company, I mean, I'm showing that if I'm working with something that's a little more dainty, I'll show that if I'm working with healthcare, I want to show that I actually love working with healthcare and wellness brands. I love it. So I need to show that because the inquiries will come in because everybody's looking for something different. You shouldn't limit yourself. Then it's the search engine optimization. Um, I am constantly changing my SEO and my meta descriptions on my website to make sure that each page is being indexed properly and people can find me. I think people try to like make this super complicated, but you literally just need to put in by location. Um, so where, where you're located, especially if you offer services that you're going to want to come in person, um, the actual service type and the value that you provide um, and how you're offering like a solution. 
like this is absolutely crucial. Um, uh, most of the people actually that fill out that form will say Google. And then thirdly, um, it's, it's Instagram, like I said, in word of mouth. So basically if anyone had a really great experience, they share it, they provide my information and um, the rest is history from there. But those are my three leading generators right now. The rest is art history. So it's actually, <laughs> can't help myself. Every time you say it, like that's where my head goes. Um, I should have said that. <laughs> so I think it's really interesting because like, I think people, one, we absolutely like the SEO thing that's like new to us. Like we have never had someone come on and say like, oh yeah, that's been like imperative to our business and client acquisition. So, and it makes sense. So, because I was like, damn, how does she know all this? But then you, you literally, you do websites. I so it makes sense. <laughs> we will be hitting you up after this. Um, but yeah, I, I think like, again, that's like new for us. And I would want to have you expand on it a little bit, but I'm not sure if like it can like be eloquently described in layman's terms. Um, but if people want to learn more about that, they should definitely go to your podcast. Do you have a podcast that kind of covers that? Well, funny enough, I've got a newsletter and it's going out next week. It's my creative visionaries newsletter. So anyone that's tuning in, I have a whole SEO email newsletter and they're monthly. I'm not going to spam you. I sincerely promise. And it's just value. Um, so next week next tuesday um, we'll we'll be signing up we'll be tuning in um there's a whole checklist there and i make it super easy to follow so that it's like you realize in the order that you need to do it and maybe your website's missing out on something for anybody uh mine was i mean like uh, everybody's website is there's always something you can do uh to elevate it because the best part about it is when you're trying to figure out your keywords of what people are typing in to try and find you it's not it's honestly not hard. It's because think about it. If you're looking for a skin esthetician in your area, you're going to type in the simplest of terms to try and find it. You're not going to start typing in expert high level skin esthetician in Los Angeles. Like you're going to narrow it down by the town that you're located in and just the service, like really simplified. Yeah. I think that's so interesting. And also, you know, I think that word of mouth is also so 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 important because i think about it all the time and like anytime we need a service like we're asking our friends or we're posting on instagram we're saying does anyone have a graphic designer does anyone have anyone that does websites does anyone know a photographer like i've gotten so many bookings like simply just from that and referrals like it's so important to have a good client relationship good reputation and just be at the top of people's minds which i think is like what posting helps with most like if anything, it's important to stay active, especially with your business, because you stay at top of mind for people. And like, sometimes they might not remember your name, right? But they're like, damn, who was that girl that just posted that client work? And then you post again, and they're like, oh, perfect. Like, that's who I was looking for. Because I know that like, that happens with us all the time. Same. I've had that. I've literally had someone say, I forgot your name. Yeah. And, um, and then I went hunting down like the hashtag that I commonly use. And it was just like Toronto graphic designer. And she's nice. like, and I found you right away. Cause she was a Toronto nail salon. Nice. Uh, she owned one. And I'm like, that's so funny. That you forgot my name, but at least something worked. That you yeah. I mean, back. you stuck in some way or another. That's amazing. Um, I'd love to know your thoughts on pricing yourself and how you have navigated that, if that's changed over the years, what you kind of, because pricing, I feel like for us at least, can feel so subjective. It's like one person thinks that's worth $5. The other person thinks it's worth $500. And it's like, how do we determine what our value is and what our worth is? And then, you know, have manifest clients who see the value and want to fairly compensate us for our time and efforts. Pricing is so hard. And I think in this year alone, I've learned so much about it. Every year you learn so much about pricing uh, for yourself and your services, no matter what level you're at. Um, but what I what I'll say about this is that, and I'm actually gonna touch a bit on like the economy right now. I don't know what it's like by you guys, but we're have we're experiencing so much inflation here in Toronto and it's so bad. <laughs> and so people are um right now lowballing and that's hard because my type of a service that my studio provides provides so much return on investment that people don't realize it so when you get lowballed you actually instead of just saying no or ignoring you should actually educate them and say this is what the average is right now and this is what 
and, and in better terms, pays the bills. So uh, in terms of pricing, you, you need to analyze your competitors. And that's kind of commonly how I work around it. So if I notice that people are increasing, increasing their prices, just based on like what it costs to live, the return on value uh, that we're providing them, and just our expertise and our level, all of that part like comes into play when we determine our pricing. Um, so for myself, my prices constantly go up. The more I work, the more it goes up. But obviously, I need to pay huge attention to what other designers and particularly studios of my scale are charging so that it's not too low where people are going to question, is she an expert, though? Like, why is it so low? Or it's too high where someone's going to be like, oh, I can find this for cheaper. I'm going to go buy. Mm -hmm. Um so you have to look into so many things. I mean, I commonly increase my prices based on like January. Like I, every year I warn people, Hey, my prices are going up. So that kind of entices people by Q4. Oh, I should probably book with her because inflation's going up. Um, get locked in at this rate. Get locked in at this rate. So in terms of pricing, there's a lot. Um, yeah. But there's no one answer. Tips. It's not a one answer sh show. I wish it was. But um, I can just tell you if you're lowballing, you're pushing people away. And if you're going too high, you're also pushing people away. My mm -hmm. favorite question to ask when I'm on a call with a potential client is like, what is your budget? Um, and ensuring before I get on call with them, I'm sending them an investment guide so they know exactly what to expect in the starting prices. People can also find starting prices on my website too. So that when they get on a call, they're like, oh, what? Like, that's a lot more than I yeah. thought. Well, I, I'm trying to be as transparent as possible from you from the moment you're on my website yeah. to the moment you email and we send you an investment guide and then on call, what is your budget? Because that yeah. was my starting fee. They might add things on. Yeah, know. exactly. You know, you have like three stops at which someone can see transparently before they like waste their time and you're wasting your time. You don't want to waste yeah. time. Yeah, then that's like the biggest thing. And it's like, it can be so frustrating, frustrating, especially when like, you've gone through the entire process, like you've gotten there, and then you talk about pricing, and then it like doesn't align. You're like, Oh, well, shit, that was great. Like I wasted so much time. But pricing yes. is definitely like so difficult, especially when we work for ourselves. And then as we start to scale, it's like, okay, well, now how much do I need to be charging to like, manage the business, not only pay my bills, but like, pay the business's bills because as you scale like you take on like you have to pay for slack you have to pay for the project management tool you have to pay for a time your employees obviously a time tracking tool like these things start to add up so much and and it's funny because i think about like what olivia and i were charging at our agency when we started versus what we're charging now like it's just it's a different story from when you first start oh right? yeah like entirely like, I, I cringe at what no, i used to charge but it got my foot in the door. So. Yeah, now, yeah, of course. And and to, to be to be transparent, I think our our starting package was like what? No, no, it was like it was like five or six hundred dollars for like a fuck ton of photo and video. And now that same package is like 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 three thousand. As a yeah. It's crazy. You're providing so much value to the brand because people want to see faces using yeah. their services or products, whatever it is that you're creating content for. So like they can't even, I don't know, $500 was great. But like right now with the value that you're providing, you need to because people want yeah. to see reliability and trust in a brand. And that's what you're giving them. 100%. And I think it, I'm laughing because when we first launched the agency, one of our pillars was like an affordable content creation agency. Like that's something that we like tried. I'm like, why are we like back? I'm like, why are we marketing ourselves as affordable when we're not making any money like, we're, we have a business we need to make money from a business yeah i did the same thing budget friendly that was my word and it was it's so why did we do that all content that like had like budget friendly and i'm like okay like i need to stop this and i, I don't want to be budget friendly anymore <laughs> No, you need to like market yourself. If like you've got like experience under your belt, yeah. you should market it yourself as a luxurious provider. Yes. And um, on that note, quickly, I just want to say that even like when we send out the e-guide, we've changed the term pricing to investment. Yeah, And we kind of tried to like rework the copy so that people oh. don't think like, oh, what an expense. It's yes. no, look at this investment that's going to help it's an you investment. and your brand. Yeah, I love that. And that is if you're listening, like brothers, that is a pro tip. Like that is so smart. And there's so much psychology that goes behind people spending money. Ultimately, you know, it's like, and that's something I think we struggle with, too, is like, we're really great creatives. We struggle being salespeople a little bit. You know, it's not something that is super 
familiar and comfortable to us even when we launched our course you know we were like oh we have to sell this <laughs> like so that's a learning curve it's it's a different skill set you know so I think like even little things like that like copy is so important um changing the word from like pricing to investment is so important like that's such a gold nugget you just dropped there so I love that um I'd love to touch a little bit. I know you mentioned earlier how you offer a wide range of services. And I think that's super interesting. And I'm sure that's intentional. And a lot of thought went behind that versus just kind of narrowing down to one. So I'd love to know your insight behind that decision. So if I were to apply to a job, they're always broken down to like motion graphics or front end web developer, or just branding expert. And I remember looking at these jobs when I was just freelancing through school and part-time and I thought like how am I supposed to pick this when I actually love all and I could provide so much more value than just this and make half the price but obviously there's people that tune in like they know their niche and they want to dive in and like they focus on that and they nail it out for myself I feel like there's a lot of people that are like this and it's like considered a multi-passionate creative so I thought why am I going to limit myself when I love a good magazine and I would love to be the person that designs it. Or I love branding and the psychology of consumers and what attracts people to specific brands. I'm judging people's logos 24 seven. You have no idea, but that's why I want to do that too. Like send over your notes. (laughs) Tear apart our brand. (laughs) I would never, actually, I love your brand. So oh, I just stop it stop it out. oh my god that's our favorite compliment <laughs> it's like no I, I I look at but I look at that right uh because like the way that someone views your brand um it just conveys a lot to a person so and mm-hmm. we'll make them like either want to inquire to be on your podcast or work with you guys directly so like obviously yeah. like a lot of work goes into it um I couldn't just not pick web because everybody needs a website and it's actually a lot of fun to consider like a user-friendly experience and what leads people to working with you um So I loved doing it for myself. I love doing it for other people. Why limit myself when I am passionate about all of these different subjects? And I know that businesses kind of need all of it. We all need a killer brand. We all need a website that's going to reach people and attract people to want to learn more, want to work with you. Um, Hey, if you're an author or you're like the founder of a magazine, like you want people to flip through those pages or an ebook or whatever. Um, And packaging, God, we love packaging. I will buy some packaging. Thank you. Like I will buy a candle that has been appropriately designed, but it's overpriced any day because that is going to sit on my bookshelf for Lord knows how long. So like, how am I supposed to pick? I believe all of these attributes can build a brand. So I'm not going to limit myself in what I offer because I can help people in all these different ways. Snaps. (laughs) And I do, I think there's so much power, of course, in niching down and being an expert, but there's so much power and also being a one-stop shop because there's fucking nothing I love more than convenience and being able to like go to one person that I know is going to nail it every single time. Oh my God. I will literally go to you for everything. Like we, like we find people like to come onto our teams that are multifaceted and multi-talented because we're like, okay, they can do this random thing, but they can also do this random thing. And like, when we find someone with like a really good work ethic we never let them go like we will like agree like we'll open a position for them to like keep them kind of in our rolodex of employees because good work is like really really hard to come by these days so i think it's like so important to be able to do kind of everything that someone might need in that in your world and the world that you're an expert in yeah. And I also, I think it helps keep things interesting and exciting and fun for you. You know, like I'm yes. sure not when you're not working on the same thing every day, you're working for on so many different things for all of your different clients. And that just keeps you inspired. Thank you for saying that. I say that to people all the time. Obviously I get some days where it's not dream and I might be coding yeah. nonstop all day. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so draining. But like the fact that I can like look at my Google calendar or my physical planner, I've got two. And I think like, oh my God, I'm so excited to do branding for this person and edit some book, like a a couple of pages of my client's book in this. I get bored easily. So the fact that every day looks so different for me, I crave that, I need that. It keeps my inspiration flowing and going. So I am so happy that I made this decision and to designers tuning in, whether, I, I don't know where you're at in your brand, Um, or your business, but like, don't limit yourself. Like there's so many income streams that come from being a service provider. Embrace being a student 24 seven, if you want to be a graphic designer, because Mm -hmm. 
if you're not learning all the time, you're not going to become aware of everything that's coming out with AI and generative fill with Photoshop. You have to keep your eye out for that and see if there's new services that you can offer because it's going to become a huge thing soon. So don't let it like own you and own the field that we're in. So don't limit yourself. Continue to learn, take classes, or just honestly dabble in it yourself and your part in your you know pastime. Don't I I see people that limit themselves. The only thing I don't hit up is social media management. I think that's a whole other ball game. Mm-hmm, um, if you ask is. me personally, social media is huge, and you yeah. guys know that. Um, but to the aspiring designers listening, like please don't limit yourself. Like continue to always learn, or you are limiting your own brand. Yeah, I love that so much, and I think there's such power and just you know, I mean, the the short answer is you you provide all these services because you want to, you know, no other reason other yeah, than like, I, I want to do it. I want to run my business this way. So I'm going to do that. And I think there's so much power in that, you know, like instead of trying to be like, oh, well, what's going to be the most lucrative and what's everyone else doing and what's going to be the most successful? It's like you're doing what you want to do on your own agenda. And, you know, there's so much fulfillment and joy that comes out of that because you haven't limited yourself. So I think that's amazing and really, really great advice for our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. I don't even know where I would be if I didn't learn Adobe InDesign to offer magazine services. I think I would actually, uh, magazine design, I think I would actually be limiting myself on like so much income if I did. Yeah, that's that too. I always say like, learn. Why not? <laughs> it, yeah. It'll pay off, believe me. I love that. And speaking of which, speaking of not limiting yourself, tell us a little bit about the podcast that you have and what kind of, I guess, inspired you to to join the podcast world and you know what really kind of I guess attracted you to the idea of this like this format I just started brewing up creativity three years ago I celebrated it on September 6th so yeah I was kind of a little emotional that day uh the reason I started out was because I have grown up in a society, in my community specifically, small town vibes, and um, a European family where creativity, you don't make income, and they look at you like it's frowned upon, and mm-hmm. it was so disappointing. I mean, my biggest supporter was my mom, and she is full Italian, but if I talked to my grandparents or aunts and uncles, and I told them, like, this is what I'm doing, I would come home crying because I was told I would be working, oh my God. At, you know, you know, like, in a job that would never pay the bills. And it's so I'm PMSing. I'll cry for you right now. I, I know. Like I'll shed a tear after this. I am literally <laughs> PMSing as we speak. But I was <laughs> I was literally so emotional on the six because I've met so many amazing creatives. And that was the goal. I wanted to meet passionate creatives that have created a brand for themselves uh, or like a side hustle or a hobby. And they just do it to do it. And because they love it. And that's what the podcast is. It's a passion project. It's my side hustle. And that's why I do it. I want to meet people that have kind of experienced. I mean, I, we've never had unique experiences I just want to say that I've learned that with the podcast yes dude same like that's what I mean like I hear the same things and I'm like man same though like I oh I went through that too and I start to think like it makes this world feel so much less lonely honestly and and that's why I started the podcast so um I mean no regrets three years later I'm still meeting amazing people I'm still sharing different stories and I do come on and talk a little bit sometimes of my own um but I've actually shared a lot more guest journeys than my own recently but I think people are tired of hearing from me anyways no they're so not Never. I am like so happy that I started and that was the in- the entire goal behind it and yeah still emotional to be oh, I love it and you know I love speaking to a fellow podcast vet because we're about to go on year four congrats no I think it's four <laughs> yeah. wait we should celebrate you should okay. but I love talking to a fo- fellow pet head cost fit <laughs> perfect this this always happens towards the end of the episodes um no, because you you get it like you you know we've we've again there's no unique experiences like you're having your podcast journey we're having ours we're having such you know parallel experiences and yeah. i feel like we started off for this like really similar reasons you know like we wanted to have inspiring conversations we felt like we had a lot to share and say and you know f- nearly four years later what are you laughing at yourself (laughs) I'm like am I fucking up right now (laughs) um nearly four years later I don't even know what I'm saying all right just Olivia you take it away now 
I wish I could do that with somebody. <laughs> I, I know, I know. It's nice. It is nice because we, oh as God, much as awesome. we have going on, like we, it's because we have each other and we can handle it together. You, no, I, I don't, don't think it would be possible with just one. Thanks. Um, I'm laughing because it's like we started the podcast when we were like, you know, we had so much to share and so much. To, I'm like, that's probably when we had the least amount to share. Like at that point, we were models and influencers not to say that that's not enough but like wow I mean like four years later we have so much more share but regardless the pot the medium of having a podcast is so nice because it's just it is a creative outlet in a way it's connecting it's community um and for us it's a passion project as well <laughs> like we're yeah. very much this is we've said before I think the course now has taken the first spot of like fulfillment just because we're we see the direct you know effect for people's lives but the podcast has been like for years the most fulfilling thing we do it's the least lucrative but the most fulfilling so we totally you know we get it yeah and that happens right like some things take the forefront like of course my business will always come first it's my baby but the way I look forward to these calls the Aww, most I mean you don't yeah. have any expectations like you just yeah. come in and you're meeting somebody new I fully admitted, like, I am an introverted entrepreneur and I say it all the time. I don't care. Um, because like what doesn't it what fulfills me is being alone and watching a movie that I've watched Same. a million times because <laughs> who knows? Um, but that's what fulfills me. But aside from that, I think like I've just always preferred like the creative community. Mm-hmm. So I would rather surround myself with like-minded individuals and it's on my terms and I get to break up my days with it by scheduling these calls. So if I can do that and meet people that are on the same level and headspace as me, I'm mm-hmm. definitely going to take that up. Yeah, I love that so much. And it's really just amazing like what you can, the conversations you can have when you have an hour to sit down or 30 minutes to an hour to sit down and you're having intention behind a conversation you know because I think like for us especially and I'm sure for you it's like you want to our goal is to provide value to an audience and like how do you do that you're intentional with a conversation you share your lot your lessons things you've learned along the way you're vulnerable you want to validate people you want to give them things that they can learn from and just the conversation that that ends up leading down is like always so good and we're just like we've we've found to really really appreciate and realize that this is such a beautiful kind of connection to have with other Mm -hmm. podcasters and with guests because it's so intentional and it's like when else do you have these hour-long conversations phones down no distractions and our only goal here is to have a really good conversation like that's that's fucking awesome you know yeah and like I would much prefer a casual basis conversation through like building a network and a community of people that I like than it always feeling I don't know forced and like podcasting just doesn't feel forced yeah you get to choose who comes on you get to decide who you're talking to so like no better outlet than that because I am seriously so picky with who I am bringing into my circle now but all for same reason we should be like filling our cups with people that want the best for you as much as I want the best for like you guys or anybody Mm -hmm. that comes on the podcast my clients whoever yeah well we feel so honored we're so happy you came on this has been such a treat for us (laughs) really great conversation you guys if you're listening make sure you tune in to her podcast as well we will leave the link in the description for the episode we'll leave all of her links if people want to follow you and look at your services potentially or anything you've got going on the newsletter etc where can they find you at well I've got one main hub so if you want to look through my services on a a more detailed basis definitely head over to daniellabontedesigns.com my last name is confusing so I'll just spell it out (laughs) it's l-a-b-o-n-t-e and I think the rest is pretty self-explanatory and uh yeah if you just want to check out my work um then I suggest heading over to my Instagram account. I definitely post more of my portfolio on there. I do have a portfolio on my site, but if you want to see everything that I'm doing, I post way more on there for that type of content. Amazing. And her podcast is called Brewing Up Creativity. We just went on hers. So make sure that you guys go listen to that episode when it goes live. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you guys liked this episode, please take a screenshot, share it on your stories, tag us, tag Danielle, let her know how much you loved it. And we will see you in probably two weeks, brothers. Bye. Thank you. Thank you again, guys.